This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Come to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and in honor of the opening of the Star Wars Galaxy Edge, Galaxy's Edge, who wants to hear a joke? What do I you love ca- that joke. What do you call a dog that belongs to a Mandalorian? Boba Pet. No. Who wants to hear a joke? <laughs> Which website did Chewbacca get arrested for creating? Wookie Leaks. Uh, <laughs> Who wants to hear a joke? <laughs> How do you get down from a bantha? You don't. You get down from a goose. Who wants to hear a joke? Wait, no, I don't get that laughing. <laughs> down feathers. Oh, I, I see. Uh... How, what, still waiting to hear a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what program do Jedi use to open their PDF files? Adobe One Kenobi. <laughs> Sitting across the virtual table from me is the master of puns himself, John Irons. How's it going, sir? Uh, great. Those went over about as well as I thought they would. <laughs> And also joining us tonight is uh, one of the hosts of Wait You've Never Seen, Virginia. How's it going? I'm just sadly shaking my head at your joke. <laughs> at your jokes. Imagine the torture that my wife and my daughter go through on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dad joke uh, king. Um, and from the prime direction, we have Scott. How's it going, sir? We are recording this podcast on the 37th anniversary of the release of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and that's the kind of BS you bring? <laughs> hey, our listeners know what they <laughs> what they get when they tune into this show. All right, so uh, listeners are all saying, Sean, you said last week that there wasn't going to be a show this week, and, well, I lied. So, actually, what had happened was... Uh, we were going to do an episode of the of the landing party tonight, and uh, we were going to talk about the uh, What We Left Behind documentary, but Rick's moving this week, and he's recovering from surgery, so I'm not sure why he thought that he was going to be able to record a podcast in the first place, but uh, but he had to cancel. So since we were all already going to be on, we decided, hey, we'll just do an episode of uh, Cosmic Potato. So that gives us an opportunity to... Uh, Talk about some pointless news that are that's happening in the world of film and television. Uh, review a couple of things that we've been watching. 
Uh, we're also going to do a round of frequently unasked questions and possibly play a game of sleep in a bucket later. So um, let's uh, before we get into uh, anything else, let's talk about that that teaser for Star Trek Picard that came out about a week or so ago. All, all of you guys have seen it, right? Yes. Even John <laughs> doesn't watch trailers. <laughs> uh, yeah. What'd you guys think of it? That I'm as lacking as information as I would have hoped. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a true teaser. You know, I talked a couple weeks ago. I said that what they call teasers nowadays are not really teasers; they're just trailers. You know, but uh, but this was a true teaser. It didn't it didn't tell us. It told us almost nothing. I mean, there was a little bit of information there, a little something to go on, a little morsel, a nugget. Uh, but uh, but that's about it. Virginia, what did you think? Um, I liked it. I liked that uh, we got to see the vineyard. Um, I liked that we kind of got hints of things that might have happened to, like, lead to Picard leaving Starfleet. Um, so, yeah, there, was, there wasn't there was a whole lot of information, but I liked what they gave us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scott? Um, uh, visually, I thought that it was it was gorgeous. It was really well put together. Um, uh, it, it pairs nicely with the promotional image that they've released, uh, showing the Chateau Picard vineyards with um, the Starfleet Delta worked into the mm-hmm. uh, into the design of the of the vines. Um, I, it, it seems an impractical way to set up a vineyard, but uh, it, it was visually poetic. Um, as far as the teaser itself, I try to step back and I think of the teaser without thinking of any of the information regarding the, uh, the story of the series that we've gotten from like, uh, you know, interviews with, uh, producers and showrunners and whatnot. Um, and then yes, it is very vague and it, it leaves it very mysterious and you're wondering what it is. Now, if you go into that teaser, knowing what you've heard from various interviews and whatnot, you're able to piece um, some pretty good guesses together as to what the what the backbone of the series is going to be, or at least the um, the setup for where he has been and what has gotten him where he is. Um, some of the questions that the uh, omnipotent uh, voiceover from the teaser ask, you can sort of answer them if you already know what they've told us in interviews. Um, which I, I don't have a problem with that. I like it because I I like having a slight sense. I don't want it to be a total mystery. Uh, so from from that standpoint, it gave me pretty much exactly what I needed to really solidify my guess as to what has gone on between Nemesis and this series. Um, so it 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 really got me hyped up for it. And I just like, even though I'm not a big wine drinker, I love seeing bottles of Chateau Picard. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, so we see we see all those shots of the vineyard, and we hear uh, a voiceover of an unnamed woman. Now they've revealed that it, it's uh, Mar- Marion Dungay. She she plays on a lot of stuff. She was on uh, Once Upon a Time. She played Ursula on that show, and mm. um, she says part of her voiceover says, "15 years ago today." You led us out of the darkness. You commanded the greatest rescue armada in history. Then the unimaginable. So Kurtzman has already said that the events of this are kind of showing 
the effect that the destruction of Romulus had on Picard, which is what we saw in the 2009 movie, which happened in the Prime Universe, not in the Kelvin timeline. Um, but, you know, everybody's speculating that they're talking about the um, the comic series. There was a comic series that came out before that movie called Countdown. And in that comic, Picard, Picard kind of teams up with Spock and tries to, if I'm remembering it right, he tries to stop the uh, supernova. And what actually happens is uh, Spock creates a black hole that kind of pulls him and Nero into the into the past. So, and th- and people are speculating that this is what happened on Picard's side after that, you know. The only thing is, I, I think that they're partially right. They are going to tell a, tell a story based off of Picard kind of leading the charge of trying to save Romulus and, and failing at it. But it can't, it's not going to be completely based on Countdown because in Countdown, he was ambassador to Vulcan. And she clearly calls him Admiral in this trailer. So it, it could be that they're kind of going in the same direction, but they're not basing, they're not going to base it on solely on that comic. So people think that they've got it all figured <laughs> out because they read Countdown, you know, 10 years ago. No, you don't have it all figured out. But um, Count, Countdown is not canon. Yeah. No, it's not canon. And that's what people are saying is that they're going to make it canon in this. But. They're going to take aspects from it, mm-hmm. kind of like what Star Wars is doing with all their, you know, extended universe stuff. They 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 canceled all of it out, and they're bringing in what aspects they think will work for their stories now. So, and, yeah, it's uh, it, it's cherry picking from the um, from the non canon uh, materials, or and th- this this is a term that I picked up in the last episode of Prime Direction that I recorded with a. Uh, Seth Walker and I, uh, I'm probably going to start using it more soft canon, uh, elements, um, that, and, and countdown would be a, a great example of it. It ties in with something that is canon, but it is in itself, not canon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to take aspects of the countdown comic when they're, uh, working the backstory of this series, uh, rather like they did with season two of discovery and bringing in control as part of section 31, and that was in the section 31 novels control was a major aspect of that for multiple books. Um, they didn't use it exactly as it was in the books, but they borrowed some of it and incorporated that into what is now Canon. Same thing with number one's first name in discovery. So, um, they will keep Picard's involvement in the rescue effort of Romulus, but they're going to change his rank and position. Um, and I suspect that you will not have Captain Data of the USS Enterprise like you had in Countdown. I hope not. They kind of can't do that anymore. Mm. Yeah. they. I mean, okay, so it came out this week. There are rumors online, uh, nothing official, but there are rumors that uh, Jonathan Frakes is going to re- reprise his role as Riker and Brent Spiner has agreed to be on the show. Now they didn't say he's going to be on the show as Data. You know they this it very well be it very well could be that he's going to voice over a dream that Picard is having or something like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that Data is going to be there because I mean I know that Data would be like seventy years old. <laughs> He'd have to look like a seventy year old man, and he's an android. So I don't know. 
But um, I do like the fact that the series finale of The Next Generation showed us a future where Picard was working in the vineyard. And now it is the future, and Picard is working in the vineyard. <laughs> that's kind of a that's kind of cool. I I I wonder if he'll be suffering from uh, aromatic syndrome <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. But um, so they're also doing something different in that the directors are going to take take on two episode blocks. So Hanalei Culpepper is going to direct the first two episodes. And then Jonathan Frakes is going to come in and re- and direct the next two episodes, and every director that comes after that is going to record record is going to direct two episode blocks of the show. So they'll have five directors for this first season, and they'll direct two episodes each. Kind of cool. Um, have any of you guys ever heard of Magic: The Gathering? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever played? Has anybody ever played it? No. I may have played a couple of times. My brothers were into it. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with it. I, I yeah, I know all about it. Well, not re- all about it, but I, I know what it is. Rather like Dungeons and Dragons, I I know of it, and I tried a little bit, but I was never good at it. Yeah. And I with, with Dungeons and Dragons, if 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 you have the wrong group, you can try. You know, I want to try playing Dungeons and Dragons. I never played it before. I'm gonna jump in now. I'm gonna try to play it for my first time. If you're with the wrong group, then you're never going to play it again. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. depending on who's running the game and who's in it with you, they can make it just the worst experience of your life, and you're never going to go back. Magic, in my experience, it's easier to get into it because most people playing Magic were not as elitist about it as people in Dungeons & Dragons, but it, I still, it just never caught on. This answer was far too long. The answer is, yes, I know of it, and I played it a little. <laughs> well, Magic is a little, it's a little, there's a little less prep required to play Magic, because Magic is just a card game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you build your deck, but you do that over time, but you can you can buy a deck and sit down and play I played it a lot in high school. I was, I was really into it. Um, but Joe and Anthony Russo, are teaming up with Netflix and Wizards of the Coast, and they're going to adapt Magic the Gathering for the small screen. Um, Magic has tried to come out with a movie for the last 20-some-odd years, and it just hasn't happened. There are rumors for a long time that they were going to do a movie that was going to be set in present day, which I hated that idea because it's a... I mean, it's fantasy. It's dragons and wizards and stuff like that. But uh, So they're going, to do a, they're going to do an animated series on Netflix, and... It's going to be the animation is going to be done by the same people that do like Rick and Morty and Teen Titans Go. And, but um, t- but to tell you the truth, I'm looking forward to it. I will watch it when it ha- when it comes out. But I think they're about five or six years too late. They should have they should have done this when Game of Thrones was like at its height, you know. And uh, and they and they didn't. But they're they're coming in and kind of grabbing the tail of Game of Thrones <laughs> as it heads out. So. Uh, so we'll see, but yeah, it's going to be an animated series. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, sometimes things like this, when 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 you, when they turn something into an animated series, especially something that's been around for as long as Magic has, you don't know. I mean, for every Castlevania, you know, you get something a lot worse. <laughs> Castlevania was really good. <laughs> so, I've. The the Netflix animated series generally have a pretty good standing as far as I'm concerned. I mean, 
you're right. You never know, but you never know. Uh, I'm given given you know what the property is and who's behind it, and the fact that you know Netflix basically just kind of does whatever it wants to do. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty optimistic. Yeah, Joe and Anthony Russo, uh, I I trust them. After what they did with Infinity War and Endgame, yeah, I'll uh, I'll see what they have. I actually, when I was in high school, I actually started writing a screenplay of Magic the Gathering, and uh, I was 17, and it was the most generic fantasy story <laughs> that you've ever heard. I mean, in the in the 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 first scene is a warrior coming home to find that his uh, village has been burned to the ground. How many, how many stories start that way? <laughs> you know. Do we know that if the um, the Netflix series is going to be a musical? They didn't say that. Can we start that rumor? Is that something that you want? You want it to be I, a musical? I, I want the, the rumor. I think about it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a good musical, not like not like a jokey music, like like an actual. I could do it. There hasn't like I can't think of a good fantasy action adventure. Like there's musicals for every kind of genre, but they usually for for whatever reason, you know, whoever cracks the code and makes an action fantasy musical, but not like a comedy, but like an actual real musical. Yeah. Well so, yeah. with the root if they said you know, the- I got some work to do guys, I'll be back. <laughs> if they said that the Raimis were behind it, I would think, yeah, they, they could do I don't know. I don't know. John just ducked behind the, the laptop. <laughs> I don't know if the Russos are good at musicals. No, no, like I said, the Raim, if it was the Raimis, yeah, yeah, they can do musicals. They've done it several times. So, uh, did well, you guys the, go ahead? The, Rus- the Russos are rather like Netflix in that they can do pretty much whatever they want. Yeah. At, at this point, they write yeah, their own with, ticket, yeah. With uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame, they never have to work a day in their life ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if they do, it's going to be because they want to do something. Yeah, and they're stepping away from Marvel for a while. And they and they said in the interview, we're walking away from Marvel for a while. And, they, and everybody jumped in and said, they're never going to do Marvel again. They didn't say they're never going to do Marvel again. <laughs> They said they're stepping. They're going to do something away from Marvel for a while. You know, let Marvel uh, start the next phase of their of their stuff uh, on their own. But did you guys watch uh, Good Omens this week? I watched the first episode. Yeah, okay. I here. watch more. I did haven't you, watched it yet. Did you like what you saw? I did. It's very like it could not have been more faithful to the book. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing, but there, there's, there's definitely a very British flavor to it. Um, <laughs> and the, <laughs> my palate, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, you can tell the, the Terry Pratchett, like, I, I can't remember I think actually it was on Netflix. I think they did like a like a Discworld. There were a couple of movies from his Discworld series, but I'm sure were on BBC first. And it's you know it. it I love Monty Python, but that 
excessively narrated say the same thing five different ways in moderation. See, I, I like that. I like that stuff. I, but I, 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 I've, I only, I've only seen the first episode, so I can't say that it's too much, but I'm worried that it will be too much as I continue to watch. But for right now, I'm, I, I enjoy the series. And they nailed, like, everything looks the way it should, everything, you know, they got the perfect, they cast the perfect actors, you know, yeah, it's always, got, always um, kind of Hitchhiker's Guide feel to it, except you know dealing with uh, religious symbols instead of aliens and space and stuff like that. But and you're right, it, it's Alien been culture. it's been a very long time since I read that book. But from what I remember, uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty faithful, and it's pretty faithful to the book all the way through. I watched all six episodes. So actually, I. I... I started listening to the audiobook in preparation for watching this because I actually um, I realized a couple of years ago I've actually never read Good Omens, so I was like, you know, racing to get it done <laughs> to get the book done before I saw the show, which I did uh, barely, I guess. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll see. I really liked uh, Michael Sheen's performance, which David Tennant did did really well as uh, also. But um, I've seen him play bad before. You know, he's he's kind of and it's funny because he's playing a demon in this, but he's playing kind of a less evil version of the character that he played in Jessica Jones. Yeah. But uh, but Michael Sheen, uh, his character that I'm not sure I can pronounce his name as Azir- Yes. Uh, yeah. I think he did a really good job, but it's kind of, it's kind of, um, it's a really smart series. And they, they take a lot of stuff that's based in like religious dogma and stuff. And then they create this sandbox. If you can imagine that heaven and hell are basically businesses that don't hate each other. They're only fighting this war because it's written down that they have to, <laughs> you know? So, uh, it, but it's, it's, it's really interesting. I liked it. Um, but I just wanted to bring that up. I, I I do recommend it. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Virginia, go watch it. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. When the show is I, over, go watch it. I, I watched the first episode of the season uh, this afternoon because you had told me that you were watching it and we'd probably be discussing it. So I wanted to have at least a little bit of it under my belt uh, to be in the conversation. Um Good Omens is one of those books that I've known about forever, and uh, my friends back in school loved the book and said that everyone should absolutely read it, and it's just one of those books that I never got around to reading. Um, And I've always felt bad about that, especially considering the fact that while I like Terry Pratchett and I like his work, I haven't read very much of it. But Neil Gaiman is the author of my number one favorite book, and he is in my... say probably top three of favorite authors if not on the top of that list um uh and the uh the castlevania animated series on netflix we were talking about written by another one of my top three favorite authors um so that's i think one of the reasons why the that castlevania animated series is so good um but with neil gaiman i hadn't read good omens so i felt bad about that so i knew i was going to watch this series at some point uh and today I watched the first episode, and 
if they hadn't put in the credits that it was written by Neil Gaiman, I would have known anyway. It is very, very much his style. Uh, all the way through the dialogue, the narration, everything. Um, you can tell that he was the one that wrote the book, and with the um, adapting it for the screen, you can tell that no one else put their hands on it. He he brought it directly from the book to the screen, and, and you can hear it. Um, and on top of that, it was I, visually that first episode was gorgeous. I'm looking forward to uh, to the rest of it to to see how it unfolds, especially since I'm not familiar, familiar with the story. So I think that's going to be a fun time. It's kind of a more high, if you, a high, high, higher brow version of Dogma, <laughs> the Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> but um, but yeah. <laughs> John, do we have to talk about Kevin Smith a little bit? I saw that look on your face. No, no, I was, I was, I was, I was debating the analogy. I was like, yeah, that, that, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, just because they're play, they're playing with the same. No, I got they're playing with the same action figures, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they they do they do this weird thing where, um, which they can do this on shows that are on Prime and on Netflix and stuff, where the opening credits don't really mean anything because that they show every show now has like a preamble before the opening credits, a stinger or a teaser or whatever. And then you see the opening credits, uh, episode three, the stinger was 30 minutes. I forgot that they hadn't even shown the opening credits yet. <laughs> we were 30 minutes into the show. They showed the opening credits and then the show was only 27 minutes after the credits. So they show the opening credits, and there's less time after the credits than there were before. I like it. So, yeah, I, I think I think that one's new for me. I don't think I've seen one that's quite that severe. I mean, I want to say the season finale of Discovery for season two. There was a lot of time before the credits, if I remember correctly, and I I think we checked, and it was like 15 minutes into the episode before we got the credits. But to have most of your episode already done before the opening credits. That's they're they're doing that on purpose. They're just trying yeah. to mess with us at this point. Yeah, because I mean they kind of follow a pattern where um, these characters have been around for thousands of years, so they kind of show some stuff that had some flashbacks and things. Every episode kind of uses that time before the credits to do some flashbacks and stuff, and then after the credits, you're in the story in modern in modern times. Well, at that particular episode, most of the story was the flashbacks that took place before it. And I guess they just didn't want to break that up with the credits. So they just showed all that stuff. And then, uh, and then credits. And, and it's 30 minutes into the show and the credits start. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> you know. Well, but. one thing, before we move on, one thing I wanted to say about the first episode, um, and maybe I'm the only one that would find this noteworthy, but it's, it's something that caught my attention while I was watching it. And, uh, the beginning of the episode uh, takes us back to the Garden of Eden um, mm-hmm. and the story of Adam and Eve, the serpent, and the apple. Um, and I and one small aspect of that scene that I enjoyed was the fact that without calling any particular attention to it at all, Adam and Eve were portrayed by two black actors. And they didn't make a thing out of it. And it makes it makes sense. That's the way it should be. But I was I was retroactively disappointed in myself because when I 
was watching the episode and I saw, oh, it's a black man and black woman. Well, of course they would be, they would be black. And I had never stopped to think about that before. Think about Adam and Eve and you, you picture what you've seen in, you know, contemporary art that is made by white people for Mm -hmm. white people. And you, you don't stop to consider how that is just as wrong as all those depictions of Jesus as being, uh, you know, tall haired white guy right right tall pale white guy um and you know you start to realize now oh with with jesus that is an inaccurate representation but you don't go further than that to think about adam and eve so when you see it in this show it kind of you know shook me out of my i guess one might call it complacency for a second and said wow that's okay, it's not weird. It's not weird at all. It actually makes a lot of sense. And I'm curious whether or not there's been any sort of like online outcry or hate. Are people like, you know, shouting about those SJWs? Damn it. Because yes. they're, they, they are. Neil Gaiman got a lot of tweets after the first episode of people uh, saying, I'm not watching this show anymore. And I don't know how much of it it was because people people get offended any time that you fictionalize characters from the Bible. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure a lot of it had to do with the fact that they showed Adam and Eve and, the, and they were black. But I got news for you. You go back, you look at just about any Bible that has illustrations in it, and, and all the illustrations are wrong. Because it makes it look like just white people were all over the entire earth for all of human history (laughs) and it's just not i mean jesus was in the middle east so he was middle eastern he wasn't a long-haired white dude that looked like he should be drumming for a heavy metal band or something you know and and if i'm not much mistaken anthropology has has concluded that africa was the seat of humanity Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the garden of eden they believe was in northern africa if Mm -hmm. i remember that correctly so all right, Let, yeah. Well, to 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 finish up that thought, Neil Gaiman tweeted that uh, whenever people come on his uh, Twitter and leave him messages like that, and he copied the message, and uh, he said it, it it makes uh it makes bad bad, bad online reviews not look so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave a review. Don't write me. <laughs> so. All right, we're going to do frequently unasked questions, and this is something that we've done a couple of times in the past. It's called frequently unasked questions because the FAQ section of most uh, websites have questions that a lot of people have asked, and they answer them all in one place so that you can look. These are questions that nobody has asked us. These are just questions that I have scoured the Internet, and I found these questions, and uh, we're just going to answer them. It gives us a chance to take a break from just talking about Nothing but TV and movies, even though a lot of these are TV and movie related. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we talk about we talk about some other things and let the audience kind of get to know us on a on a deeper level. Um, so, if you had access to a holodeck and you could spend the day as a character <clears throat> in any kind of story that you wanted. What would it be? And when I say in any kind of story, I don't mean specifically what movie would you want to be in or whatever. Just if you could be in a brand new story, but you picked the genre, what do you think you would want to spend the day in? Now, 
I'm going to assume this is a fully functional holodeck. <laughs> Not the kind where I get trapped. No, that, all the, all the, uh, sa- the, the safety protocols are, are all working. Yeah, You're not going to get shot. You're not going to get beheaded or anything like that. So, uh, And your nemesis is not going to take over the holodeck and, by extension, your, your vessel. If you're if you're crossing the Red Sea, by my nemesis you mean Vic. The water, <laughs> <laughs> the water is not going to come rushing in on you at the last minute. When that happens, program will end. You'll be fine. So okay. Uh, well, I'll go first. I would, I mean, bounce around a few. I'd probably have some sort of Dungeons and Dragons scenario. Uh, I imagine I would be the archer, and I would definitely do some kind of. Um, Anime, manga, pilot, big, giant, robot, fighting type thing. Um, where I'm... But probably be the hero. <laughs> As opposed to the villain, yeah. As opposed to the villain. Those are the two that kind of come to mind. Like, the, like if I could, you know, have a like fully immersive 3D, like, fantasy scenario, that, that would be, it'd be a Dungeons & Dragons type thing. It'd be probably a giant robot thing. Okay. All right. What about you, Virginia? Well, I was thinking maybe historical fiction, but then I'm like, I like indoor plumbing. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I don't know. Like, if if all the safeties are on and everything, then I think I'd kind of want to do, like, an action-adventure, maybe, like, Die hard sort of situation, but like on level one difficulty because <laughs> yeah, I'm not in easy. good shape. So <laughs> I think that's what I would go. That would be fun. You could be you could be John McClane's sidekick. And no, I would be John McClane. <laughs> he would okay. be my sidekick. <laughs> and just make him do all the. You know, you you jump over that. <laughs> Jane McClain, that's me. There you go. <laughs> what about you, Scott? Um, well, I I like uh, Virginia's idea of um, a a diehard type story, and I I absolutely feel you with what you say about uh, you know not being in shape, so make it level one, which makes me think that it could double as an entertainment story. And a workout program. Yeah. Ooh, I like we, that. You know, Di- Die Hard takes place in Nakatomi Tower, and he's trying to work his way up the building. So you take you take that, and you go with the more um, uh, with perhaps the more logical tower based story, which for me would be Dread, starring Carl Urban, mm-hmm. where they're really starting from the bottom and having to work their way up. So a tower based uh, action adventure where the the floors get increasingly more difficult, which forces you to increase your uh, your endurance and your strength. So that's how you know how far you're progressing in your exercise program is, you know, what floor you're getting to. So that could be a lot of fun. I think it would still be my second choice um, because it 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 almost feels like too easy a pick uh, because it's almost entirely ready-made, but I would have to steal Dr. Bashir's uh, secret agent program. <laughs> and yeah. I would want, I would want to do the, the, the bond style uh, spy story. Cause you got, yeah. 
it it's got a little bit of everything. It's got the action, it's got the intrigue, it's got the romance, if you can call it that. It's not really romance, but but you, you get it. It's still going to be fun. Um, I don't know that it would have to be set in the same time period. I don't know if I need like '60s, '70s Bond uh, style like technology and vehicles. You know, it can go ahead and be a modern day spy story, but. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things that it would be fun to, you know, play it fake, knowing that I would almost certainly fail miserably as a spy. <laughs> I mean, I like to think that I can, you know, fake it in a conversation when I need to, but when failing to fake it properly means that uh, a Saudi prince is going to dismember you, uh, okay, maybe maybe I don't trust myself that much. So. <laughs> Let's have a story that's designed to let you do better than you actually would. Plus, I might luck out, and at the end of the story, I get to face off against Avery Brooks playing uh, a scenery-chewing villain, which is never a bad time. (laughs) True. I think I would pick a 1930s-style detective story along the lines of The Maltese Falcon, The Big Sleep, or something like that, because I think that would be fun... Uh, you're the smartest guy in the room. Um, you always, I mean, you're going to, you're going to figure it out. You're going to, you're going to, I mean, those guys never, uh, not don't solve the case. They always solve the case, you know, and you would assume that if you're in a holiday program, that even if you have trouble, uh, finishing the story that you're in, that it would kind of rewrite itself to kind of help you along. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're in the escape room. You ask for a hint kind of thing. Yeah. Send you more characters to tell you which way to go and all that kind of stuff. So is it the, the secret agent program that would lend itself very well to an escape room aspect as well. Mm -hmm. So you get, you you also get that, you get the hand to hand fights, you get the gunfights, you get the escape room, you get the, get the girl at the end of it. You get gadgets, you get, Okay, now I just now I really want this to happen. See, I I I, um, I encourage and support all of your choices, but that no, I'm not doing any of those. <laughs> I don't you want know. I don't want uh, I don't want to solve a mystery. I don't want like to shoot a bunch of bad guys. I don't know. Pass. I want a quest. I want um an, an epic adventure. I want something that regular people can't do. I don't want uh I don't want to be a gumshoe. I want to be <laughs> I want to be 100 feet tall and a big <laughs> Yeah, I fantasy. Yeah. I, 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 I get that. Tank. Now that you word it that way, I that I I understand that a lot more to to take advantage of the to take full advantage of the holodeck scenario. You want to do something that is literally impossible. Yeah. Something that doesn't exist is is what you want to be. Um, you know, spies they're actually real. Detectives they're real. Um, or you know, one person against an army, it can be real. These are all things that the the components exist in the real world. But uh, your idea of the the epic quest with magic and giants, uh, yeah, the, you 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 can't put put that together without that type of scenario. And also, I don't want to think that much. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to like, and you guys know me. I'm, I'm a, like, I like solving puzzles. I like cracking codes, but I don't want that to be the whole time. I want, I want to solve a puzzle to open the door. 
so that I can go fight the dragon or whatever. I want to, you know, I want to figure out the riddle so I can get across the bridge. But like as an as an overarching plot to solve it, I'm like no, I don't yeah. know. I want to fly around on fairy wings. If, if you, if you <laughs> could have, my... if you could have access to any piece of fictional technology and use it any way that you want, what would you, what would that technology be, and what would you use it for? Virginia, you go first. So, any fictional technology. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I, I need more time to think. Okay. All right. Well, it's you, Scott. You got one. Uh, there's there there are so many options, and I I try to limit myself to just Star Trek because that's you know that that's simple. You, there's plenty of technology in Star Trek that you can grab and repurpose. Um, and it would it would take me far too long to decide on something if I threw in like how about you know magic based technology from from other franchises. Um, so stick with Star Trek and and make it easy. Uh, most people would say. Uh, you know, transporters, but nope. That's pretty single use, you know. That's a it, suicide booth. Yeah, ju- <laughs> just to get from one place to another. That that I need something that's more versatile. Um, I've always thought that uh, a replicator would be almost too powerful because it, it's almost a solve all your problems machine. But I guess when you start to think about it. There's nothing wrong with that. I would like to <laughs> solve all my problems. You know what? I need to go to the store. Wait, no, I don't. Tap, tap, tap. Hey, look, I got all my groceries. Well, um, it could be oh, specifically a food replicator because I think that the replicators in the individual quarters are specifically food replicators. And if you want to replicate another kind of matter, you have to go to a more central location in the in the ship or on the station or something like that. That's why they always showed them. Like, uh, not always, but there's a couple of episodes of TNG where they actually show them going to the ship's, like, little store. And it's just a little panel, and they're they're sharing uh, a console looking for a gift for someone or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, that, that the replicators that in, in their quarters. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the replicators that are in their quarters are specifically designed for food. Now, if Rick's listening, he's probably, no, they're not. <laughs> but, she totally replicated her, outfit, her uniform. Yeah. <laughs> Now, even if in TNG, even if those were just, uh, you know, food replicators, just a little bit of rewiring behind the panel. And now it's more than just a food replicator. So uh, I think that's a I think that's a, a silly limitation to put on it. Um, and I would think if you go to the ship stores like Data and Worf looking for a wedding present for uh, uh, Keiko and Miles, um, if they wanted to replicate some food there, I think they probably could. So we'll just say a, a general replicator. Uh, that way, hey, when when the pump under my laundry sink breaks, I don't have to wait three weeks for the thing to get delivered and then not get the notification that it's arrived. I can just hit a couple buttons. Hey, look, I that pump is here. Now I can yeah. replace it. And if you're just replicating stuff uh Using, you know, converting matter to energy to matter again, you don't, I don't have to necessarily go out and spend a whole bunch of money. I can just, you know, I can bring in the, the, the clippings from my yard or, uh, empty the dumpster into the, um, into the, into the bin, which will convert that matter into energy. So that can help save a little bit of money. 
I think that I would choose a vortex manipulator from Doctor Who because it's time travel without having a big time machine that you have to keep up with. <laughs> you know, doesn't it like uh, give you cancer or something? <laughs> it it can. They they say in the show that it can it can kill you if you consistently like use it all the time. So I would go places where I was gonna plan on being there for a while. I wouldn't. I wouldn't jump to 1950 just to have lunch at a cafe and then come back. You know, I'd I'd stay there for a few days or something like that. You know, so, uh, yeah, that would be the one that I would pick. Yeah, time travel without having to use a DeLorean or a TARDIS or something like that. Well, when I'm- Scott mentioned versatility, I thought sonic screwdriver. Works on everything except wood. Apparently, gives you all kinds of information about everything. Works mm-hmm. to pick locks. Very useful. Very versatile. Also thought of replicators. But since Scott already talked about it, I'll say sonic screwdriver. Yeah, sonic screwdriver is kind of like a it's a it's a, it's a tricorder, <clears throat> and it's kind of a phaser because it can it can it's kind of it's a magic wand. That's what it is. It's Pretty a magic much. wand. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about you, John? Uh, you're right. A sonic screwdriver is a magic wand, which is why it was the thing I almost said one second after you asked me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am not going to change my answer. I'm going to stick with the sonic screwdriver, but this is this is what I almost said. Uh, I would have a sonic screwdriver. I would use it uh, to telepathically so that people would hear the background music soundtrack of their lives. <laughs> that would be so, cool. So, like, you know, if you're in the grocery store and you've got, like, you know, two minutes to make it before the store closes, you hear the action. I would also have a side business where I use it to remove um, earworms from people, the songs that are stuck in your head. You know, give me $5, I'll remove it. Do you hear other people's soundtracks as well? I can. Because yeah, that way they would kind of drown each other out. And if you went in the grocery store, if you went to Disney World, well, you, you would you, hear nothing but <laughs> just no, no, music. You, you, you would you hear the you hear the sound that is most relevant to your immediate vicinity. So if you see somebody running past you, everybody's going to be looking at that somebody, and so everyone hears the action music for that guy. Ah. But if you're just alone, you know, in the grocery aisle, you know, you'll hear whatever you need to be hearing at that moment. <laughs> like the music that they're already playing. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Or maybe there's some internal conflict. Yeah. What maybe is... You're, maybe you're daydreaming about a life on the beach. Who knows? <laughs> what is the weirdest food you've ever eaten? I can answer mine and, give, and let you guys have a chance. You mean something prepared as food or something that I ate by accident? Cause no, f- food. Okay. <laughs> Something prepared to to be something that was meant to be eaten, <laughs> and not like you made a mud cake when you were four and you decided to take a bite or something like that. All right. Um. So, I went to Gatlinburg, which is kind of the Las Vegas of the South, uh, the money pit of the South. Um, and uh, there was a store there that was selling dehydrated insects. Of all kinds of flavors, like you could buy a lollipop that had a scorpion suspended inside, and 
uh, candied scorpions, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, my son actually is the one that bought it, but he bought two packs. He bought a pack of nacho cheese flavored grasshoppers. How old was he? Well, at the time he was probably 15. Okay. And he bought a pack of ranch flavored grasshoppers. And I ate one of the ranch flavored grasshoppers and it tasted like a ranch Dorito just with uh, pieces that kind of hang around in your mouth after you're done eating. <laughs> you need something to drink when you're done because the legs kind of <laughs> kind of stick around. But uh wasn't too bad. I mean, it's a nice, light little snack. <laughs> what about you guys? I mean, I, I don't... It's not especially exotic I guess but uh, you know I've had alligator like once yeah, or twice yeah I've, I've had alligator a couple of times that, yeah I don't I don't know that tastes like chicken very, a little, chew, very, little chewier very actually chewy. yeah, very, it tastes very more like people say it tastes like chicken it actually tastes more like pork to me because you know it just had a little bit more of that consistency but yeah, I don't know that I, I don't typically, I don't really use a lot of exotic ingredients. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be very experimental in the kitchen as far as mixing flavors and stuff. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I haven't eaten that I know of, squirrel, anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> what about you, Scott? You, you got one? Um, I... I realize in thinking about this question that I apparently have not been all that uh, adventurous in my eating habits in my life because uh, not a whole lot comes to mind. Now, I've seen uh, a, a few places that sell the uh, the insects, you know, the candied insects like you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's there's a place uh, about about a two hour drive from here. Um, called Frankenmuth. It's uh, like a, a Dutch-German uh, village-style place. Um, it, it's fairly touristy, but they got a lot, a lot of neat shops to go check out. And and some of them will have you know, pre-packaged, very commercialized, um, you know, candy-covered insects. But I've never really been uh, driven to try them. Uh, I tried to convince my stepson to buy some and eat them, but he he wouldn't do it. I can't imagine why. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think of like when it, the, the two times that we've been to Disney World. Did I eat anything really you know far out or exciting? That no, Adult no. Whip. <laughs> yeah. Just you know nicely put together flavors, but nothing that was really out of the ordinary. And I think the best that I can come up with is when I was in Washington State. Uh, I had taken a trip out to Seattle and I went to a sushi place and uh, someone had ordered, uh, you know, for the table to share an order of sea urchin, uh, which I never tried it myself before. And I know it's, I guess it's fairly common uh, thing to get in like a sushi, sushi restaurant, but it's not something that I had ever tried. Uh, and I'm not going to again. And <laughs> <laughs> not Dude, good. Did not enjoy it. Um, I, I'm sh- I'm sure that if you know that's the sort of thing you're into, then it was probably very well prepared and people would really like it. But it was not my thing. I don't know if it was made in a special or particular way, 
but the texture was just no good at all. I <laughs> I found myself having difficulty eating anything else after that because it was that unappetizing. I put it in my mouth. I forced myself to actually eat it rather than eject it. <laughs> and I proceeded with the rest of the meal quite a bit uh, slower. What about you, Virginia? You got any? Well, I'm a really picky eater, and I'm also not very adventurous, but I've eaten shark before, and my family is big hunters, so I've eaten, like, deer and dove and wild hog and stuff like that. But How was the shark? It was, it just tasted fishy. This was a lot, this is like 30 years ago, so I don't really remember it. But, um, yeah, honestly, I'm a really picky eater, so I don't eat weird things usually voluntarily. There's a, um, a, a tourist trap if you're driving back from Florida into Alabama. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's just a little roadside shop where you can stop and you can buy fudge and you can buy your last minute chance to buy some seashells, uh, uh, taxidermied uh, alligator heads, you know, stuff like that. And they have about 4,000 different kinds of jerky. And they're all... I've I've been to that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. They're all different animals. Now, they're all mixed with beef because you can't... There's a lot of animals that it's really hard to make jerky that'll stay together and be consistent and everything. So they mix it with beef before they go through the the jerky-making process. But... um, I did pick up a few because my son was into, you know, trying all that kind of stuff. So I picked up, uh, you know, like ostrich and, I don't know, camel. I don't know. (laughs) It's just stuff like that. But they all tasted the same. (laughs) Yeah. I was was convinced afterwards that, yeah, they just just made beef jerky and just put different packages on them. Yeah. So that's my working theory. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I couldn't convince my son of that. Oh yeah, I'm eating ostrich. Okay. Uh, what <laughs> movie have you ever pretended to like, even though you really hated it? And I'll I'll answer this one first too, to give you guys a chance to think for a second. But uh, when I was in high school. I had a group of friends that we would get together on the weekends and we would watch movies and we would play video games and stuff like that. And all of them really liked the movie Dark Man with Leslie Nielsen. I oh, come stand, on now. I could not come stand that movie. Wait. <laughs> you say Dark Man with Leslie Nielsen? I mean, Leslie, uh, not Leslie Nielsen, Liam Neeson. <laughs> I get those names mixed up almost oh every God, time. I want to see that one. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen was great in Taken. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's an alternate reality I want to live in. Yeah. And it may have just been the the age that I was. I just didn't care for it when I was thirteen. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't watched it since then, so I couldn't tell you if I would like it now. See, Probably that's not because it's. It is it is the kind of over the top crazy ass action movie that you seem to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, now I'm, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I 
I don't know what it was just back then. I didn't like it. I think it was not necessarily that I didn't like the movie because I think it was more that they wanted to watch it every weekend. Like that was the movie to watch. So I may have just gotten tired of it and I'm just remembering it differently. But I do know that we had kind of grown because it was a few years later before Darkman 2 came out. So we never really, uh, we, we didn't get, really get together to watch Darkman 2, The Return of Durant. Um, but I did, I did, I did, I did watch it on my own later and it's not good. And then the third one was called Die, Dark Man, Die. So that tells you what kind of movie it probably was. Oddly enough, not everyone knows this, but Die, Dark Man, Die was intended to be the second one and the return of Durant was intended to be the third one. They just got released out of order. And the fact that uh, it doesn't really make a difference tells you <laughs> yeah how, it tells you how much uh thought and uh uh planning they were putting into those movies what about you guys somebody want to go next the phantom menace oh <laughs> you pretended to like it i I think the the best I can say is rather than pretending to like it, I worked hard to convince myself that I liked it before I inevitably had to admit, no, this movie sucks. That was me. Because when I, I remember when I first watched it, I liked it, but not as much as I let on that I liked it. Because, <laughs> because and John will tell you, because we were hanging, this was about the time that we were hanging out, because we went and saw that movie together. Yeah. Um, up and up to up until the time that they released that movie, I was all about Phantom Menace. Oh yeah, this is gonna be great. And then it was over. Sean, how'd you like it? Oh, it, it was great. It was awesome. But you know, when the when the opening crawl is talking about trade negotiations and stuff like that, you're like, it's, 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 something's off on this a little bit, <laughs> you know. But I went back and saw it um, a few years ago. They re-released it in 3D. And I, I took my son to see it because he had never seen a Star Wars movie in, in on the big screen. And uh, I remember it's just, it's, this movie just isn't flowing right. The story is not, I don't know. There's just, there's some pacing issues here. <laughs> yeah. What about you, John? Uh, see, I can't really, I can't really think of a movie that, I said that I liked that I didn't like, but it's it's more. I can think of a couple of movies that are like touchstone films for my generation, and because I am the age that I am, I should I'm supposed to love this movie, but I don't. There's a couple. Like uh, first and foremost, actually, there's three. Um. First and foremost is Hook. <laughs> uh, I loved everybody involved with Hook. I love the Peter Pan story. I thought Hook was a terrible movie. <laughs> and if I meet anybody who was in the film, I will tell them that I thought, you know, I, I'm a big fan of all of your work. I mean, I'm not going to say, except for that one thing you did that sucked. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I respect it for what it just did not come together for me like I thought the plot was a bad idea and the acting was not what I would have wanted <laughs> yeah um that same vein 
full of people that I respect, and by all rights, I should love this movie, but I don't. Labyrinth. I've never seen it. <gasps> You've never seen Labyrinth? No, Wait, I've never, yes, never, never I, watched it. I gotta, Wait, I gotta you schedule never... you in for a viewing. <laughs> okay. And, I mean, anyone who has listened to me knows I am all about the Henson. Like, he's straight up one of my heroes. Uh, and love David Bowie, and I love the idea. Uh, Labyrinth, to me, was about an hour and a half longer than it needed to be. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how long the movie was. I'm assuming it was probably less than an hour and a half. But, like, it was... Like, it went nowhere. Like, it, it literally went around the world to go nowhere. Okay, well, that looks cool, I guess, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like, and on that same vein, that just you talking about Labyrinth made me remember one that uh, when I was in the second... No, this was probably the fourth grade. Um... The Dark Crystal was huge in my class. Everybody was, they wanted to show us that movie every week. And there was a book version that was in the library that was, the waiting list was a mile long. And I did not like that movie. (laughs) It looks great. It looks great. Or it looked great when I was nine. Uh, no, I haven't watched it recently. Actually, the visuals actually still hold up. And I and I know that they've got a they've got a sequel series coming to Netflix about it, so I'll probably watch it again soon. But um, I just remember as a kid, oh, we're we're gonna watch this again. (laughs) I think you just get bored of watching. (laughs) That may be it. That may be it. When I was a kid, and and I, I I don't I really don't do it now. There was a time when there were certain movies that I could watch every weekend. Now there are some movies that I watch probably about once a year, like the Godfather series. I watch about once a year, um, things like that. But I don't, I don't watch things over and over and over again anymore. I've, I've only, I've only got so many years left, man. I'm about halfway there. So, <laughs> uh, Scott, I think Scott already in Virginia. It's your turn. Um. Oh, sorry. So I think. I think this kind of, like, one of my friends told me when Napoleon Dynamite first came out, oh, come over and watch it. You'll love it. <laughs> I still don't know what that movie was about. I love that movie. She loved it <laughs> so much. I was like, oh, yeah, it was good. And then I went home and I'm like, I don't think I'll ever watch that movie again. I j- it was just not for me. I, not necessarily good or bad. I just don't think I was the target audience for it. So I'm right there with um, you. Yeah. I love I love that movie. I don't know I don't, and I cannot tell you why because it's not a movie that I tell people that they need to watch because I know that that's just a hit or miss movie. Some people love it and some people just don't get it, but it it hits me. I I, I laugh I laugh my tail off every time I watch it. And I think it's hilarious. I uh, wanted to like it for her sake. I just didn't. <laughs> Some of it is just because some of the things that Napoleon says. Uh, now, if you've ever ra- if you've ever raised a boy, some of the things that Napoleon says and the sounds that he makes are things that you will hear 
from a from a son, you will hear God. <laughs> no, you will hear that. <laughs> and when I heard that as I was watching it, because my son was at the time, how old was Austin when we first watched Napoleon Dynamite, Jerry? Probably about 10. Yeah, something like that. So I had heard that. God, Tina, come get some ham. You know, so that, now, and they did a, they did an animated series that lasted about three episodes and I thought it was funny, but evidently the rest of America didn't. So <laughs> it disappeared. <laughs> but all right you guys have any more i'm gonna move over to uh we're gonna play sleep in a bucket for the last uh 10 15 minutes that we have on the show what is that that you've i you've i think you've played it before it's basically would you rather oh and okay it's called it's called sleep in a bucket because it's like would you rather sleep in a bucket or something else and uh, what it is is a card game and i pull two cards and uh, I ask you, would you rather do one or would you rather do the other? And uh, what we'll do is I'll, instead of me just asking these and then just everybody jumping on, I'll go around and say and ask each one of you, would you rather do this or this? Okay. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're really silly. And some of them are kind of adult. But... <laughs> um, would you would you rather be a kindergarten teacher, but all of your students have knives, or ride a sexually frustrated mini donkey as your one form of transportation? Question. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go to you first, John. Point of order. <laughs> uh, when you say sexually frustrated donkey, how does that affect the ride? They um all the information that I have. Is on this card. <laughs> I mean, so in theory, that could make it go faster, right? If you can I, you can fill in all the blanks you want on that card. I can convince it that there's, um, you know, maybe a lady friend waiting at the destination. <laughs> maybe it goes faster. The lady donkey. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I fixed it on the donkey. What was the other choice? <laughs> you're you're a oh, kindergarten right. teacher, but all of your students have knives. Uh, I go with the donkey because yeah. even if the students necessarily, even if they weren't malicious, uh, you know they're kindergartners, so they could hurt themselves or others or me by accident with knives. I'll go with the just for the public good. I don't want a bunch of kindergartners to have knives. I'll go with the donkey. <laughs> what about you, Virginia? Could I get safety covers for the knives? <laughs> for the kindergartners. I'm sorry, they cut the they cut the bunding. They, they cut, cut the, the bunding. They cut can the bunding. Have like a knife the... bucket where everybody walks in and they turn in their knives, <laughs> and then they get to take them home at the end of the day and you know stab their siblings instead of me or whatever. But if they um, put them in the bucket, then they don't have knives. Well, they still have them. They just no, they they had post. them. They well, had them, you, but now they you don't. Have a car, even if you're not in it. You still have it. <laughs> um. Sean said we could fill in the blanks. It doesn't say fill in the blanks anywhere you want. Yeah, this is just a conversation. So. I mean, it take it's ten miles just to work one way. I don't. I don't. I don't want to ride a donkey for that long. I'll take my <laughs> my chances with the children. Hopefully, it's a small class with very like pocket knives. If he's a sexually frustrated donkey, uh, 
he'll probably be at a full gallop, so it probably won't take <laughs> very long. True. But he is a sexually frustrated mini donkey. I don't know exactly well, what so a mini donkey is. his legs are shorter. So it's like a Shetland pony or something? I saw one of those the other day. They're very small. They're like a, basically a big <laughs> dog. <laughs> so you're riding a big dog to work. <laughs> A sexually frustrated big dog. <laughs> what about you, Scott? Uh, I, well, much as I wouldn't love riding a donkey of any stripe uh, to work or really to anywhere, um, I think that we need to acknowledge the fact that I would be, and I, my, my wife is a is a is a teacher right now. She she teaches preschool, so um, she has heard me say on many, many occasions that I would not be good at that job. Uh, <laughs> even if they were unarmed, I would be no good. Um, so this would not make the situation better. So I think for uh, for the good of everyone involved, I should probably choose the mini donkey because <laughs> a- 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 any, any way that I try to uh, look at or analyze the uh, teaching kindergarten with armed students scenario uh, it, it's it's all gonna sound bad, like really, like like really bad, really bad. <laughs> so, donkey. And you you know you ride the donkey, and maybe on the way to work you stop at the stable and just you know let him have a few minutes. You see, I, and I things was are really, okay. I was really fine just ignoring that whole sexually frustrated aspect from the card, but you really seem focused on it. <laughs> Plus, um, I can telecommute if I really needed to, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Would you rather have to make a balloon animal for every person that you meet, or every minute you need to tell everyone what time it is? It's 3.07. It's 3.08. No, the balloons. Balloons, I just yeah. avoid people, so I wouldn't have to make that many. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a no-brainer. If you're if you're telling the time every minute, then you're just that annoying guy that tells the time every minute. If you have to make a balloon animal for everyone that you meet, not only do they have something tangible, something pleasant that they can take away from the experience, but uh, you'll get pretty good at it if you have to make one for everybody. Practice makes near perfect. You're gonna get you know. Pretty, pretty talented at making balloon animals, and then you can start charging people for it. Plus, um, again, you didn't specify, so my balloon animal could just be a snake. I like that thinking. Touche. <laughs> Everyone gets a snake. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I'm trying to find. Would you rather find a real unicorn? But you accidentally ran over it with your SUV. Oh. Or you have to lick everything before you touch it. Unicorn? Sorry. Um, <laughs> just because you ran over it does it doesn't mean it necessarily died, right? It's a unicorn. It's magical. Yeah, it doesn't say it's dead. It doesn't say it's dead. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that I didn't kill the unicorn when I hit it. Even if it's dead, it's still valuable to science. They True. can still do a thing. Even if it's dead, I'm. Even if it's dead, I'm sure I can find a way to completely forget about the entire incident within the week. So (laughs) I just carry on with. I just carry on with my life as normal. 
You what? You want to run? You want to run over a unicorn? There's no way I'm licking anything. Oh, she said there's no way I'm licking anything. <laughs> this one has a lot of writing on it, so we're gonna. Would you rather eat all of your meals off of Vin Diesel's head, or you collect dolls? One day they all come to life, but there's a catch: they're all being <laughs> controlled by Russian satellites. They're now live dolls that are holding you captive in your own home. Your family thinks you're dead. You're fired from your job. They torture you, trying to extract information on the United States nuclear program. Frustrated, the Russian doll spy dolls take your life, and you die on the floor. I'd rather eat my meals off Vin Diesel's head. I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy. I wouldn't mind seeing him every time I need to eat a meal. <laughs> and maybe he would say, I'm Groot the whole time. That would be fun. So I'm just John? Confused. I don't understand. <laughs> I know. That one. I don't understand what happened. <laughs> that one was... That, that's probably the random card, the most random card in the deck. Um, I've done that one before. Hold on. I've done all of these before. I mean, okay, so... Russian dolls come to life and they torture me for information I don't have. Until you And die. you lose your job. And you lose your family. <laughs> Do I want to be killed by Russian dolls or eat off Vin Diesel's head? I guess I'll eat off his head. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, from, from all reports, Vin Diesel is a, is a really big geek and uh, you know a, a huge D&D player. So we could probably have some decent conversations with him. You know what? That could be its own podcast. Is, sure. Just conversations with Vin Diesel while you're eating a meal off the top. You of call it. You call it um, off the dome with Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather uh, bathe every morning with a fire hose, or have Martha Stewart baste you like a turkey? Martha Stewart, she's hot. <laughs> oh wait, was that not the implication? Am I reading too much into it? <laughs> You can read anything into it you want. <laughs> John Virginia, want to face it like a turkey by Martha Stewart? No, I'm good. I, I'll, I'll go with the fire hose. <laughs> That's going to be very painful. Every morning? <laughs> have you ever seen, uh, have you ever seen a, a fire hose like up close when it's being used? No. That, my dad was a fireman for 20 some odd years when I was a kid. And, uh, Fire hoses are, if you get hit by a fire hose, it's going to leave a mark. I mean, it's uh, like getting hit with a baseball bat. Yeah, you're you're thinking like a garden hose. A fire hose, yeah. I mean, you've seen the the civil rights footage. It, it will yes. blast you down the street. Yeah. Damn it, Martha Stewart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of pain. Um, so I would have to... I would have to endure the Martha Stewart thing only because you know, I don't want my daily shower to be debilitating. Um, <laughs> my 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 dad used to be a volunteer firefighter, so I know a little bit about how the fire hoses work. And if nothing else, you know, we, we we've all seen UHF. We've seen yeah. um, we've seen you the get kid who from the fire hose. Yeah, the kid who found the marble in the oatmeal, so he gets drink from the fire hose, and it. Yeah, just square in the face. One of the funnier shots in that movie. That yeah. kid just opened it. Bam! He goes flying 15 feet back after getting just absolutely nailed in the face with a fire hose. That's nope. Now, my understanding of base you like a turkey. She's not actually going to cook me. She's just 
No, you're just being basted. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Just, yeah, just fine. Squirt, squirting the juices all over you. Sure. Okay. Can I take a to... shower immediately after like without weekend. a fire hose? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be kind of you're gonna be kind of covered in melted butter and stuff. So yeah, you're you're gonna well, want to shower pretty soon. Well, I think if we ask her nicely, then perhaps she can baste us with warm soapy water. So that way, <laughs> instead of a fire hose, it's a basting, and we're yeah. still getting clean. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna do two more. Would you rather? Do ecstasy before any family gathering. Yes. <laughs> or have Paris or? Hilton narrate your life. Oh. You can I replace. I stand by my answer. <laughs> you can replace ecstasy with with arsenic, and I'll still pick it. <laughs> okay. That's how much I don't want Paris Hilton associated with my life in any way. Yeah. All right. That, so I have a question. That's, that's hot. <laughs> That's hot. On this Paris Hilton narration, my life. Like, do I have to hear it, or is it like? <laughs> John puts way too much thought into it. I'm just. <laughs> These are valid questions. <laughs> this is how my mind works. You can't just ask me a hypothetical. Well, yeah, I mean, if she's life. narrating your life, yeah, you you hear the narration. Or is it like? I mean, but you know, Morgan, Fre- like the penguins don't hear Morgan Freeman. You're probably <laughs> the only one that narr- that hears it. If well, I'm the only one, your sonic screwdriver. Maybe. For the background narration. But see, but here's the thing too. I, I might find that hilarious. <laughs> like I could imagine. I find it hilarious for one day, not for the rest well, of my but life. See, but then I, then I would just do shit. <laughs> I would. I guess I know myself. I would just do shit just to make her. That. Well, oh my God, what is he doing? I don't know. <laughs> but I would just do ridiculous stuff just so she would have to narrate it. I, that, there's some entertainment value in that. I think I might go with the. I might go with the Paris Hilton. Oh. Plus, my body is a temple. Uh, <laughs> what was the other one? I didn't forget. I've already, I've already put the cord up. What was the other one? Do Ex- ecstasy before ecstasy. family gatherings. Yeah. I think I'd do that. <laughs> I would do that. And I would I would have my wife uh, record it so that I could watch it later. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I can't even think of what Paris Hilton's up. I don't know if I've ever... She says, that's hot. And that's what she says all the time. That's hot. That would be hilarious. I'm going for that. I'm going for that. Okay, this Allow- is the last one. Allowing her to narrate my life, if anyone else could hear it, then it might be misconstrued as a tacit endorsement of Paris Hilton. <laughs> and that is unacceptable. So, yeah. <laughs> You did not hear on all of her works. All right, this is the last one. Uh, would you rather have everyone talk to you like you're two years old? Or, all right, this one says R. Kelly is permanently trapped in your closet. I think, yeah, we don't want <laughs> we don't want R. Kelly in our closet. So, would you rather have everyone talk to you like a two year old, or you have to watch every single episode of The Big Bang Theory nonstop until they're done, or just like until the, yeah? Well, it forever. says it's, it just says at the time that this uh, game was made, they were on episode two twenty four and counting. So. I'm thinking it just means until it's over. Wait, what um, was the first one? Uh, everyone talks to you like you're two years old. I'll take the Big Bang Theory. I would, yeah. I, I, that's like a personal pet peeve of mine. People dog, talking down to me. So. I mean, I've yeah. watched most of them anyway. So. <laughs> I, have, I haven't. But it, I mean. I think the 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 
back-to-back thing is the part that we... Because I don't usually binge watch things for more than a couple hours at a time. I mean, but yeah. yeah. But you know just, that there's an end to it as opposed to everyone talking to me for like a two-year-old for the rest of my life. Like, at some point, I will watch the last episode of Big Bang Theory. I'm going with that one. Like, if you, if you go to your boss, hey, boss, uh, I'll be back in a few minutes. Oh, what? You got to go poo-poo? You got to go poo-poo? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I would murder someone yeah, that's everybody so it's like that'd be my wife that'd be my kids yeah. <laughs> no that'd be the worst yeah, yeah alright time to go to school guys oh looky daddy's trying to take us to school daddy's <laughs> <laughs> a big so- boy gotta drive the big car why aren't you gonna drive the big car did you get your lunch did you get your lunch <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what about you? Which one would you pick? Uh, I've I've seen one episode of the Big Bang Theory from beginning to end, and that was more than enough for me. So I'm leaning towards people talking to me like a (laughs) two-year-old. Wow. I think that I think your head would explode after like the first thirty minutes. I don't understand. Of the Big Bang Theory, yeah, I'm glad the episode was only twenty-two minutes long. You could zone out of the Big Bang Theory, like do some vacuuming, wash some dishes. If if they could guarantee that I don't have to sit and give it my undivided attention, <laughs> and if they could guarantee that it's going to be from the first episode to the final episode, and then it stops, not looping all the seasons you know, continuously uh, oh, yeah. forever, and if they can guarantee that they're not going to find some clever loophole where they can sneak young Sheldon in there, too, <laughs> then I'd think about it. And I would, line commercial. I, would, I, would, I would learn how to compartmentalize my attention so I could have Big Bang Theory playing, like, you know, somewhere in the background. And then I could have Star Trek playing on a different screen and focus on that. Then maybe... Everybody everybody makes fun of Young Sheldon, but it is the second highest rated comedy on TV. After the Big Bang Theory? After the Big Bang Theory. Okay, well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Big, Bang, Big, Bang Theory, the Big Bang Theory is over. It had their finale, and Young Sheldon has been renewed for two more seasons at least. Uh, so. I will say I've never watched an episode of Young Sheldon, so I can't really speak to its quality. It's good. I like it. And I will also say... Um, I have watched the Big Bang Theory and laughed at it. I, you know, I haven't watched every episode. I haven't watched most episodes, but I've seen episodes and it, they've made me laugh. I am a fan of Big Bang Theory. I think it lasted too long. I think it was on for too long, but it's uh, it should have ended in like season eight. But it was still, it, it was it was funny. Um, like a good slapsgiving episode. Oh. <laughs> now how that, how about like your it. mother? Nothing like it. I was kicking myself after we did uh, after I did the live episode with uh, David C. Robertson where we talked about series finales. I was kicking myself for not bringing up How I Met Your Mother. It's one of the worst series finales uh, ever. We agree to disagree. We can discuss it on another show. <laughs> we'll do a series finale part two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's pretty much going to do it for this episode. So I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Scott, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for asking me to come along. It was uh, it was a fun time. It's always a pleasure. 
And Virginia, you as oh Scott, let everybody know where they can find you. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, people can find my personal uh, Twitter account at uh, at Fleet Admiral UFP. Um, you can find my professional art uh, Twitter account at Planet Rise, uh, where I have a new Photoshop project that I've started just a couple weeks ago. Where every week I'm going to be releasing. Uh, a Photoshop image that I created of a Starfleet com badge from a different division of Starfleet. Uh, somewhere like three to five of which we know of, and then the rest, I just made them up. Uh, <laughs> completely original divisions, and it's a whole lot of fun. Um, and with today being the anniversary of Star Trek II being released, there was a bonus one that I put on Twitter. So if anyone wants to see that bonus uh, division badge, then go to Twitter at Planet Rise and check it out. Uh, also, I'm the host of The Prime Direction, and uh, who knows what the Twitter account is for that. Is it Prime Direct Pod? I think it's Prime Direct I think Direct so. Pod. Yeah, Prime Direct Pod. I think uh, so. Go visit Go us to CosmicPotato.com, and it is on there. And there's a link to it on there. Hey, yep, there it is, at Prime Direct Pod on Twitter. Uh, and you can check that out uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, episode two will be released within the next day or two. So by the time you hear this, it's probably already out there. Go check it out. Okay. All right. And uh, Virginia, thank you for being here. I just realized that I confused how I met your mother with the Big Bang Theory, but that's not surprising because that's how interchangeable they are to me. Whoops. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I thought that was intentional. Um. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was that much of an airhead. Um, you can find me on uh, the podcast that I do with my boyfriend, Shane, um, called Wait You've Never Seen, where we talk about a movie or TV show that one of us has never seen on Cosmic Potato Network or at waityouvneverseen.com. All right. And, uh, John, thank you for being here as well. You're welcome, Sean. It's always a pleasure. And where can everybody find you, sir? Uh, people can find me also on the Cosmic Potato Network, um, hosting a Captain Game Show. Um, it's a game show that I'm hosting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trivia, wordplay, general tomfoolery. Um, you can find it on Facebook, uh, Captain Game Show, and also on Twitter at Captain Game Show. Um, it's fun. <laughs> Alright. And uh, everybody, uh, head over to CosmicPotato.com to learn more about the other shows that we have available on the network. And if you want to find out how to get in touch with us here, just stay tuned. Announcer Nate will let you know momentarily. Thank you all for listening, and make sure that you join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, when you might hear John say, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking... You don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.